Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the lead pastor. And I'm so glad you decided to join us uh, for this next hour. Uh, Welcome to our online service. We hope that it is a blessing and an encouragement to you. And I wanted to wish just all of you moms a happy Mother's Day today. I hope your day is filled uh, just with special time with family and friends. Uh, I want to pray in a moment of just a prayer blessing upon your life. And also, I just want to pray uh, for all of you who may be just experiencing a sense of loss, uh, maybe for your mom that has passed away recently. Uh, This day is usually a mix of fond memories and also uh, just hardship as we remember those uh, no longer with us. And so I want to pray uh, for you as well. And if there's anyone uh, that's watching that is just hoping to have kids and, and you're not yet able to get pregnant, I know this day can also be a struggle. And so let me pray and uh, just pray again for for God's blessing, his provision uh, in his name. So let's pray together. Father, we welcome you here. We thank you uh, for this new day. We do thank you, God, for uh, just the mothers that you have given us in our life, uh, just the gift that they are, uh, the, the ray of light that they bring to family life for all that they do, so much of it unseen. I pray just a prayer blessing upon all the moms watching today, the moms of our church. I pray that they'll be encouraged today, uh, that you'll give them a sense of the difference that they make, not only in family life, uh, but how they sweeten uh, the various relationships that they're a part of. I also just want to pray for anyone here who's just maybe struggling uh, with just the loss of their mom and uh, in the middle of the fond memories, the just the sense of sometimes uh, the heartache or the pain. Uh, God, will you bring comfort? Uh, We know that when we ask you to comfort us, you really do. And then I also just pray if there's anybody that is just longing uh, to have children and get pregnant and experience that, that, that's not able to, Lord, I pray that you will provide, that you will provide just a child and the gift uh, that is from your hand. And so wherever we are on the spectrum, uh, this is a day of celebration. And we thank you, God, that that you uh, do bring joy uh, to life. So as I speak in this next few minutes, God, will you uh, just give me your power, which comes from you and you alone, and may your word really speak to us and cut right through to our hearts. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So today we start a a brand new series, and I'm so glad you have decided to join in. Uh, The name of the series is called Unstoppable. And a few days ago, I really got the sense that we needed to kind of build as a church more understanding of what it means to be a part of the church. And so it's the church learning how to be the church. And this is really a build off of what I spoke about last week on This Changes the Church as we wrapped up our last series. Uh, If you missed that message, I encourage you, you can find it on our YouTube. Uh, You just search Ridgeview Church Fontana. We also podcast, so you can listen to it there, and it's on our website. But you may want to check that out as well, and this will kind of provide some more context. But over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about really the unstoppable movement of the church and how we can be a part of it. And so Unstoppable is the name of the series. Today, we're talking about the unstoppable movement. And that really is the first point. The church is an unstoppable movement. And just so we're on the same page, I want to define uh, some terms. Here's how the Oxford Dictionary defines unstoppable. It is impossible to stop or prevent. Now, 
That is a simple definition. It doesn't necessarily add a whole lot of layers, but I like the wording impossible to stop. This is what the church is. It's impossible to stop. Nothing can, can squander the, the momentum that's fueled by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so here in the church today, we're connected to this force, and this kingdom that God so graciously allows us to be a part of. So that's the unstoppable. Now, movement is a, a word that's interesting. It's, it's this. It's a group of people who share the same goal and work together to achieve it. The idea of the movement of the church is that it's a group of people who are unified by one purpose. Through all of our differences, through all of our backgrounds, ethnicities, cultures, experience, all the differences that we have, the church is really this unifying movement that unifies us like nothing else can. It doesn't matter uh, necessarily where we're from. It doesn't necessarily matter where we're headed. The idea is our relationship to Jesus and the fact that we band together as a team in the church, it's the great unifier. And it is the movement. So in this series, we're going to be talking about what this unstoppable movement does. And what does that mean for me and you today, here and now? And for us to learn this, we're going to be going back, working through the book of Acts. Last week, I encouraged you uh, to, to read through the book of Acts, and I encourage you to continue doing that. In fact, uh, a next step today will be to join in on a Bible plan. 20 days we'll spend uh, going through a Bible plan from the Bible Project, which has some really helpful illustrative videos, scriptures to read a devotional. This is a great way for you and all of us at Ridgeview to grow in our understanding of this movement. So for us to understand the movement, we need to go back to its origins, the beginning of where it all started. And thankfully, because of God's grace and the power in which he works, he's given us his word. A quick plug. Uh, this is something that I've been using, uh, and I encourage you, this, this might be a help to you in your life. It is uh, the Illuminated Scripture Journal. You can get this on Amazon for, I think, 5 or $6. And it has uh, the scriptures and then a blank page where you can take notes. And so as you're reading through the book of Acts, if you picked up something like this, it's just that book. It's the book of Acts. This is the testament of the adventure of the beginning of Christianity. It's one book, but you can take notes in it. And I encourage you uh, to check that out. That might be also another a next step for you. So let me kind of give you a little bit of the background of how things got started. And then we're gonna dig into the scriptures uh, together. Uh, here's some context. The church began as a movement, as I've already uh, defined, fueled by one event. And obviously it involves Jesus, but the event is his resurrection, what we've talked about on Easter, what we celebrated in the following weeks, which we talked about the difference that it makes. But Christianity began with Jesus and it was hinged to that moment when he resurrected and appeared to his followers and appeared to the masses after that. And because of that, it was led by eyewitnesses. So it was a movement connected to this singular event of the resurrection of Jesus, fueled by the eyewitnesses that saw it and testified to this fact. He was dead, he was crucified, and now he is alive. Eyewitness accounts, and then it got big fast because of these eyewitnesses, because of what they seen, what they had heard, it began to spread. When it first began, over 3,000 people joined in the beginning of the church. 3,000 people. 
A couple weeks later, over 5,000 men was added to that number. So if you think that's, that's men, multiple families and households, you could see this was rapid. It grew big fast. Because of the growth and because of the changed lives, because of all that people were talking about, all their experiences, the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead, it really challenged the status quo. Culture was different. Communities were different. Families were different. And because of that, lives were transformed, but it also began with resistance. Just like anything in life, if you challenge the status quo, if you maybe do what's right but other people don't agree, it can cause issues. And it's the same things that we find today in our world. The Christian movement is still challenging the status quo if we're following Jesus' commands and we're still facing resistance, not only here where we live, but, but throughout the entire world. Now, I want to get back to kind of the beginning proclamation of what the church uh, was going to be as this movement. It's actually one of my favorite scriptures uh, from Jesus. And in Matthew 16, 18, uh, he proclaims this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I don't know if there's a better scripture that can define unstoppable movement like what Jesus said. One, he is building it. And he can build it because he is now alive. He paid the price for our sin, but he rose again. He conquered death. No one has conquered death. No one could pay the price for our sin. He is the only one that could lead this movement of changed lives, of light into the darkness. But notice, not only is he building it, but nothing will be able to stop it. So when you enter into the church and you give your life to Christ, just like so many did thousands of years ago, you actually now are joined with the force of the kingdom of God and you cannot be shut down. That means no one can take your life. Even if you die physically, you will live on eternity connected to God and his kingdom. In our day and age, it's so easy to lose sight of the big picture but that's why it's so important. Unstoppable movement. We're a part of this as we decide to be a part of the church and as we decide to follow Jesus in our lives. Now he says, I will build my church. Uh, this is actually the first time that that word in the Greek is used and it's the word ekklesia. And it means an assembly or gathering. Now along just the centuries, what's happened with the definition of the church, we've actually gone away from this meaning of ecclesia. It's like assembly or gathering. It's a group of people. It's a group of people that come together for one unified purpose, and that is to remember the resurrection of Jesus and how that changes lives. And instead, it's turned into, a, the church is now a location. It's a building. It's a place and so it's compartmentalized our lives, like we're in church when we're there, and we're not a part of the church when we're not. We have our family, we have our work, we have our church. And at church, that's where we're kind of with Jesus, and then maybe with family, we're, we're kind of with Jesus, but it's disconnected from the church, and then at work, and there's a sense of which all of our life is just in these little buckets. But the idea of church in the original sense is we're always working towards getting with and gathering with the people that, that we're a part of this, this church with. Like we are this people that band together in kindness and love to serve those around us, to share the love of Jesus. 
And so that word ecclesia is so important to keep in our mind. It's not a location. It's not a building. It's a group of people. And that's who we are in the church. So in this series, we're going to be reading just the overarching themes and principles found in the book of Acts. Uh, We're going to do a Bible plan together. I encourage you. That's one of our next steps today. Uh, Join that Bible plan. Uh, We're going to be baptizing people on May 23rd. Uh, What you'll find is this is happening in uh, the book of Acts as well. And so we want to follow this movement. We want to have people commit their lives to Christ. If, If you've not yet done that, you can decide today to be a follower of Jesus. We want people to follow in him in baptism and then to dig into the word together and share what these eyewitnesses saw and share with with one another. And what can this this series do uh, for you? Well, Jesus began this work and he continues to do it through us in the church. And so what I hope that this will do is this unstoppable, this unstoppable movement will give you a sense that you are made for something more. God wants to use you here and now to make a difference in this world. And he's given you the church for you uh, to do that. The Christian life is an adventure. That can be so cliche, but when you really do give your full life over to God and your whole family follows Him, you can be a part of helping people's lives changed. From going away to destruction to really the way of life. From going away from turmoil to going to the way of peace. From going away from from brokenness to going to, to healing. In the church, this happens because again, It's built on Jesus, and nothing can come against it. And so lives can be transformed because of the power of Jesus. So there's a lot of meaning that we can discover. We're also going to see uh, the role of the Holy Spirit. That is God's presence in us and the promise that Jesus gave when he ascended into heaven. We're going to dig into that uh, today. But all of this adds this value, like I'm not alone. God has a plan for me, and he's given me the very power He's given me himself uh, to do it. And so I hope you'll join us uh, for the rest of this series. But let's dig in. I want to just start right in the beginning. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Let's read it together. And this is Luke writing it, a disciple of Jesus. says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So I just want to break down in these first five verses, we actually get a lot of history We get this understanding of this 40-day window that happened after Jesus had risen again. And in those 40 days, that was this time period that the church was being built. Jesus was getting ready to launch it out. So what we find there in the beginning is that Jesus' life on earth was only the beginning. The movement continues. Notice what the scriptures say. All that Jesus began to do and teach There's this beginning. It was his life and ministry, and then it was this 40 days. He's instructing. He's uh, still helping people. He's he's explaining the, the kingdom of God, but notice that it says began. And the idea is that it will continue through the people of God, through the church, through this this movement. 
it keeps going through his spirit and his followers. Uh, Arthur T. Pearson uh, said this, and he, he was a, a helpful biblical thinker, and he says, this is the one book that has no proper close because it waits for new chapters to be added so fast and so far as the people of God shall reinstate the blessed spirit in his holy seat of control. That the idea, that has a lot to it, but the idea is when it says Jesus began, he, he's handing over like God is with you, his spirit will rest upon you, and you will be a part of changed lives. And it has no close because again, that movement continues here and now. And it has continued, and that's why we can experience it where we are in Southern California. So this movement began with Jesus, but the movement continues. The main topic of conversation uh, was the resurrection in the kingdom of God. So he resurrected, of course. What did they want to talk about? What happened? How are you alive because you were dead? We saw you. We saw you put into the tomb. How are you here? And so they spent a lot of times in that 40-day period after he resurrected talking about things. But notice, he also talked about the kingdom of God. I like what the scripture says. He, he presented them alive, which is such a fascinating phrase. But the idea is he appeared and it wasn't a vision. He wasn't a ghost. He was alive in the flesh. They could see him. And that changed everything. This is that single most important event and the foundation of Christianity. It wasn't a distant vision. It was Jesus in the flesh alive, and the eyewitnesses saw it. The one who was killed is no longer dead. He is alive, and he wants to continue to teaching and leading this new kingdom, which he proclaimed. It's not a geographical kingdom, but it's a spiritual kingdom of power and authority rested on God, his righteousness, peace, and joy. Everyone can get into this kingdom by repenting and following Jesus. And then through God's spirit, we can experience the benefits of this kingdom and live with them. So it's this, this picture of we get to be a part of, of this, this entire different world. On the spiritual sense, this unstoppable movement founded by Jesus himself. And then in verse 4 and 5, we find that the promise of God's spirit leads us to fulfill God's purpose. So the sense is there's so many things that we may want to do, even noble things, but the best like, way to, to actually find your purpose in life is not just to do our things, but it's actually to do what, what God wants, His purposes. But because of the fact that we're humans and we're limited, we're limited on our understanding and our power and our authority, we can't do God's purposes by ourselves. And so God's Spirit is the promise that you can do what God has asked you to do and what He's given you the privilege to do because He Himself gives you the Spirit of God, and it lives inside you. That's something that I think we take for granted. When you decide to follow Christ, it's this event. It's this supernatural celebration where you now decide, I'm going to follow Jesus and give him my entire life. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You now have a way to change. You now have the power to make different choices. The Holy Spirit can encourage us, convict us, uh, remind us of the right decisions. And that takes us being committed and connected to God. But that is a life changer. That changes everything, just like we've been talking about. He is with us through His Spirit, and we can't ever forget it. And because of that, we're alive just like Jesus. 
This is that kingdom picture. And so they spent a lot of time uh, talking about that. The kingdom of God, the resurrection, the movement that they could now be a part of. I want to go on and read a little bit further. Uh, now verses 6 through 8, and this is still in chapter 1. So the story continues. They've been talking about all these things. And then verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So they're talking about the kingdom of God. They're seeing Jesus, the one who was killed, who's now alive. Then in verse six, we get a little bit of kind of this human interaction where they're trying to understand and they're hoping like, please, we're living in oppression over Roman rule. Is this the time now because you are the Messiah, because you have risen from the dead? Is this now the time that you're gonna make things as they should be? Are you gonna restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus actually doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't correct them uh, harshly. What he says is, there's things that I'm going to do that you have no idea about. And what he's saying is, is like you're actually focusing on the wrong thing. Because what Jesus is doing is, is not just talking about the kingdom of Israel. He's talking about the kingdom of God and the establishment of his church. That's where his eyes are set. The launching of the movement of the church. So he encourages them to stay focused, and that's what we find. The next verse is we have to stay focused. If we are a part of this movement, and we are a follower of Christ, and we're connected to the church, there's gonna always be things that distract us, that pull us away. Our busyness, our concerns, our worries, our fears. So many times we're just gonna get pulled away, just not focused. It's like when you're driving and I think we can all agree we've done this, but you can maybe look at something on your phone. And it's so easy to be distracted. You're not focused on, on the road. And before you know it, you maybe look for it a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And then you look up and you say, well, I have no idea what's happening out here. And that's the idea is if we don't stay focused with our vision ahead on God's plan for us, it's just like looking at that cell phone where we're distracted. We're not really seeing where we should be going. And it can lead us in lots of problems. It can lead us on detours. It can lead us into these accidents of life. And so Jesus is telling as far as like, focus on what you need to know and focus on what you know, not all of the unknowns, all of the futures, all the things that, that you hope will be. So stay focused. Stay focused on the core message. I am the resurrected Messiah. God's plan, it unfolds in times and dates, crucial moments in histories, Uh, seasons. Uh, We've talked about that a lot in church, but they needed to focus on the mission. The idea is like, let God do what God is going to do, and you do what you do. So stay focused. The second is in these verses, God's Spirit provides the power. We need to stay connected. So we need to stay focused. What does God have for me? And then we need to stay connected to Him through His Spirit. Um, The church had had not yet been established yet. Again, this this was new. But it will be. And the reminder is remember that the Spirit of God is coming. There's a sense of which you're going to be a part of something. You're going to do things that could seem incredibly difficult. You may have to 
talk to your family about your new faith, and that's difficult. They're not going to understand. You may have to stand up for Jesus and what he stands for. You need, may need to share that with people, and those things are incredibly difficult. You have to make decisions about your finances, decisions about your time. All those things are incredibly difficult. Following Christ is this call to actually lay down your life. It's a follow of just sacrifice, just like Jesus did, and that's difficult. But what Jesus is saying is you will receive power. Again, the Spirit of God living in you. And so whatever difficulty you face, you have God himself to help you. Power is what we all want. Power to change. Power to make things right. But without God's Spirit, we cannot experience it. And so stay focused. The resurrected Jesus. I need to follow him. I need to give my life. And then I need to stay connected. He will give me the power to change what I need to change. Now, I just want to pivot really quickly. This is so important. Hear me out. If you have never decided to follow Jesus, what I'm talking about is disconnected from your life. You have to turn to him and follow him. You have to surrender. You have to say, I'm willing to do whatever he wants me to do. If there's an area of my life he wants to change, and he puts his finger on, he says, Alex, I want you to change that area. And then if he looks at this area in my life, and he says, I want you to change that area, whatever it is, whether people know it or people don't know it, if it's in my heart, if people can see it, there's a sense of whatever Jesus asks us to do, we're willing to do. That's when you're ready to become a Christian. There's some of you that have you been learning about following Jesus, but you've never decided to actually follow him. Maybe your spouse has, maybe your kids have, but you've never made that decision. I wanna encourage you today, right now, on the connection card, mark, if you're ready, that you're ready to follow Jesus. And there's a section where it says, contact me about following Jesus, and we wanna do that. We wanna help you tap in to the movement that Jesus Christ started, but it starts with turning your life over to him, receiving the forgiveness of your sins, and then really getting new marching orders. There's a sense of like you now have a new mission and you have the power of God living in you. So if you've never committed your life to Christ, I encourage you, make that decision today. It will change your focus and it will now give you power to actually change. So moving on, let's continue. Uh, Verse eight, I've touched on it, but let's go further. Uh, Our role, and this is what Jesus is saying, our role is to be a witness right where we are. So stay focused. Do not be concerned with all these things that are unknown in the future. Let God handle that. But you'll receive power. Stay connected with God. Read the scriptures. Pray to him. Ask him for help. Pull into the church, the fellowship that will keep you strengthened. And then there's this like deployment, this this idea of witness. And this is one who testifies to affirm something. Uh, You will testify and proclaim me. And this is that verse eight, you will be my witnesses. You're gonna be the people who, again, testify. Now, for us, we did not see the resurrection of Jesus, but we have the words of the people that did. The Bible is rooted and founded in the eyewitness accounts. We don't have people that are writing something that somebody else saw. These people who wrote Luke himself saw the resurrected Jesus, and he's writing this so we could know. And this has been passed on. And so we believe the people that saw it 
And now here we have God's word and we can read about it for ourselves. So we are the same witnesses. Luke and Peter, the same witnesses. Paul, who Jesus saved later, he became a part of this movement because they believe in the resurrected Jesus. We proclaim it. He is alive. Again, the movement of Christianity is linked to that one single event. And that role as a witness is so important. It means that we actually are willing to share with others about the difference Jesus makes. We're going to be talking about this more in this series. The reason we want to expand and the reason we want to grow and the reason that we do events, the reason we do online services, the reason we gather in the park and we do Kids Zone, it's all about helping people learn more about the resurrected Jesus and the power that can be found in his name. That's what it's all about. I want to close with the final section in Acts 1, 9 through 11. Now, he's just building this case. They're getting this, here's the resurrected Jesus. He's spending time with them talking about the resurrection. His predictions came true. He's here in the flesh talking about the kingdom of God, this movement. Talking about the fact that they're going to receive this power. Talking about the fact that they need to stay focused. He'd been talking about the fact that they need to make sure that they, they rely on this power to actually change. And then he goes on in verse 9. It says, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. I love it. It's the sense the 40 days had wrapped up. And as he said these things, as he just told them, and you will be my witnesses in your cities, in your county, in your state, in your country, in your world. That's this like Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. It's this expansion. As you testify to the difference that Jesus made in your life, lives will change and the kingdom of God will grow. And as he said these things, he ascended back into heaven. Now, if you could imagine the resurrected Jesus who you had given your life to follow appears to you and now he has gone. I don't know what I, I, are you kidding me? You're gone again? I would be just desolate. I would just be overwhelmed with discouragement. You're telling us all these things? How can this be? But again, this is why he talked about the spirit of God. I'm gonna leave you. You won't see me anymore, but I'm gonna leave you the spirit of God. God will give you his spirit. So even though I've left, God is with you. That's the promise I just love that. It's such a reminder that, that God does his work. So the church is an unstoppable movement. But let me continue. And it's still moving. Jesus ascended back into heaven, and now it was the time for the church to rise up. Everything you've seen about me, everything you've heard, everything you've experienced, take this message to the ends of the earth. The church is an unstoppable movement, and it's still moving. It's moving through you. It's moving through me. It's moving through us. God wants this to move through Fontana, through the Inland Empire, through Southern California, to California, to the United States, to the world. 
the movement keeps on moving, just as Jesus predicted. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it. They rallied around this one idea. Now here's just a reminder, as this church got started, now Jesus had left, now it began. The church was launched. The movement began. The gathering of people. But think about this. You couldn't go to church at this time. Why? You were the church. There wasn't a a place. It was, again, it was the people. He had left, and now they're just gathered together. What was that? That was the church. And he said these things, and he departed. The church wasn't for church people. Why? Because there weren't any. Think about this. The church wasn't for church people because the church hadn't started. There were no church people. It was about those who had no idea what that meant for their lives to be changed. The church wasn't about a location. There wasn't one. Uh, The church wasn't about any style, liturgy, or ritual because there there weren't any. Uh, The mission of the church was to do one thing, create followers of Jesus Christ. The one event changed everything because we can receive forgiveness for our sins. We can live a new life. And from that day forward... There has always been a group who refused to let go of that ideal, refused to make it about a building. It's a group of people gathered with the goal of telling people about the resurrection and the person of Jesus. Missionaries, church planters, evangelists, Bible translators, pastors, student pastors, Bible smugglers, teachers, this is how it's expanded throughout the world. And so over the next few weeks, I hope that you will come and watch with us as we continue this series. Let's dig into the story some more. Let's dig into some more of the characters and let's continue to ask, how can we be a part of this movement that's still moving in our world? Again, you've not yet committed your life to Christ. I encourage you, make that decision today. That's when your life begins to change. Here's some other next steps for you. Fill these out on the connection card. If you'd like to do the Acts Bible plan, I encourage you to do that. It'll be 20 days. We're going to start it tomorrow. It's going to be on Monday, May 10th, and it'll be very helpful to you. Let us know on your connection card. We'll send you the info. Second, attend the rest of the series like I've just mentioned. Just make a commitment. I'm going to make the commitment to do it. And then third, baptism. If you've not yet been baptized, the baptism is an outward symbol of this inward commitment to follow Christ. Jesus commands us to do it. It's this old way, like I'm buried to my old way of life and then I'm raised to new life in Christ. The one who raised again from the dead, the grave did not hold him, came out and he's alive. That's what the baptism, I can be alive spiritually because of what Jesus did physically. And that's what baptism, if you've never been baptized, we have it coming up on May 23rd. Sign up to be baptized. Take a step to make your faith public. I encourage you to do that. So mark those next steps. Let us know if there's any prayer requests. Join us next week as we continue looking at how to be a part of this movement, this unstoppable movement that's still moving. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this, just this day, this opportunity to be at church together. And again, it's not where we are, even online. Uh, We're not gathered together in a place, but we can be the church as we're unified in your name. God, will you give us a greater vision of our involvement 
of the vision that you have for us. God, show us things in our life that are holding us back. I pray if there's anyone watching today that's not yet committed their life to follow you, that they'll decide to do that today. I pray for people that have not been baptized, that they'll decide to do that today. God, I pray that you will give us a burden to make the steps and to take the steps we need to. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.